I have only one thing to say. Go fuck yourself. 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 Go fuck yourself in your fat fucking ass. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and a dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. We have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad is taking over. We have come to take our country back. It's civil war could be on the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Over of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Joe Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you an now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island today declared that the coronavirus is three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I am your host, James Masson, and... Is anyone surprised to find this out that the Department of Homeland Security, one of the least trustworthy branches of the federal government right next to the IRS, uh, the, let's see, what else, uh, NSA, that's pretty untrustworthy, give me one second here. But with a series of recent D, uh, <coughs> DHS leaks, we found out that they've had their own login to sites like Twitter, a special portal where with the right combination of key phrases and tags, 
a blanket-wide delete of any content matching the description the feds can put into this little special portal or node can be purged from the internet or that social media specifically. There's a couple things here that this actually explains. For example, Joe Biden very desperately tried to come in and stop the Twitter deal from going through with Elon Musk. And it seems like Elon Musk is backtracking on all that stuff already, but that's a upload for, well, that's a topic for a different upload. Though, I'm gonna, this article mostly focuses on Meta and Facebook's relationship with the federal government. Though, this portal probably exists for all social media. And, and I'm serious, like, if you think of stuff that Facebook and Meta know, this is just the, the very surface of it. There's been a vested interest in data mining from the federal government for a very, very, very long time. And this is just the biggest super leak. And just like that, it seems like it's kind of already fallen out of popularity. People aren't really talking about it so much. It's kind of fallen by the wayside, though I'm hoping with the election just less than a week away and that kicking off the main political season leading into 2024 that this story comes into a much bigger fold and maybe elon musk will turn over some data maybe show uh what was really being censored what the government was telling twitter to hold off on and we have a clip from the joe rogan experience to watch where zuckerberg pretty much spills the beans on this because a lot of people are acting like, oh, this is new information. No, Trump's been suing big tech for a long, long time. But we'll, these topics and more will come up as we go through this article. We have two main articles to read today for this episode specifically. Uh, there may only be two episode, two new episodes. A lot of uh, archive episodes will be going up on all the platforms. Uh, I work at 8, and it is 2.30 as of the time of recording this. On Thursday... October 3rd, 2022. We're over here at The Intercept. Truth Cops. Leaked documents outline the DHS's plans to police disinformation. That's right, folks. Wrong think. It's back on the menu. It didn't just end when that Harry Potter fangirl lost her job by any means. No, this is a lot deeper. Article by Ken Kippleston and Lee Fang, published October 31st, 2022. The Department of Homeland Security is quietly broadening its efforts to curb speech it considers dangerous. An investigation by The Intercept has found years of internal DHS years, just years. First off, this is literally a, a major breach of the Constitution. Why? Because the government is not allowed to censor or curb the speech of citizens. It's right there in the very First Amendment. Right here. The First Amendment provides that Congress make no law respecting an establishment of religious or prohibiting its free exercise. It protects freedom of speech. The press assembly and the right to petition the government for a redress of grievances and since a certain funky election in 2020 which uh you know claims similar to that of nancy abrams or stacy abrams in georgia right now similar election claims to what she's making right now but from the opposite side this right here a redress of grievance has been blatantly ignored because it's 
the left in power. Why would we look in? Why why would they look into that? Now, on top of that, the government stepping in, telling these these uh, big tech companies and these social media platforms silence this line of dialogue, silence this conversation, suppress it, stop it from spreading. It's exactly what they're doing. It's against the Constitution. It's completely antithetical to the government's very purpose for existence. And if the government cannot provide you a constitutional America, then America should not tolerate a government. Just a thought. (coughs) Pardon me. (coughs) I'm still getting the last of this phlegm out from being sick for a few days. Why is that when I get sick, all all the cool stories break? Anyway, years of internal DHS memos, emails, and documents obtained via leaks, an ongoing lawsuit, as well as public documents, illustrate an expensive effort, expansive effort, by the agency to influence tech platforms. No, to completely own tech platforms. Social media and big tech in Silicon Valley is just a different branch of the government. Albeit a semi-rogue branch of the government, still effectively an arm of the government. The work, much of which remains unknown to the American public, for now, came into clearer view earlier this year when DHS announced a new, quote, disinformation governance board. Who, a panel designed to police misinformation. Now, this is where we get very, very scary, as it tells you the three to four degrees of quote-unquote misinformation. These are literally George Orwell's thought police coming in and telling you, oh, this is wrong, think. Bad think. No bad think here. Disinformation Governance Board, the panel, a panel designed to police misinformation, false false information spread unintentionally, disinformation, false information spread intentionally, and mal-information, factual information shared typically out of context with harmful intent. Hold up. That last one is a doozy the other two are doozies but the last one specifically because that is specifically referring to the sharing of completely factual information it's just we don't like the context you brought with it or we don't like the context it's in that is a horrifying one furthermore doesn't that very easily cover most of how the news talked about trump for example donald trump came they were talking they were literally talking about, um, oh, why am I blanking on this right now? Uh, they were literally talking about disinformation. And there are, there are biological disinfectants of sorts you can put into your body. It's a, ah, God, I am not medically uh, adept to talk about this. Um, Robert Malone on Viva Fry's show they talk about this in a much deeper sense where they can... I'll leave a link to it. It's better explained in that. But the conversation Trump was having was referring to these drugs which act as disinfectants for the inside of the body. And he was like, these you need disinfectants? Maybe you can put it in? Something like that can work like a disinfectant inside the body? 
And they pick the part where, like, Trump says, put, put disinfectants inside of you. Trump says to consume disinfectants. That ran in all the headlines. Trump would come out and say something like, oh, oh, right here. Make your way to the Capitol. Or what? Well, here, let's go listen to exactly what he said real quick. I just want to make sure I have an understanding of what malinformation is. So it's when you say something factual, but out of context. Okay. Uh, just... I'm going to try and see if this works as an example. It might not. It is 2.44 a.m., so I could be a little out of it. But let's check this out. Now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down. Anyone you want, but I think right here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol... Capital. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. Damn, that's not even the whole thing he said. But you get it. Damn, this video right here. Damn, this video right here is actually gonna make my point for me. After this, we're gonna walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're gonna walk down. We're gonna walk down to the Capitol. You want, but I think right here, we're gonna walk down to the Capitol. If you're following this long, for those of you listening. There's two clips of Trump speaking. The clip on the viewer's left is the clip they used as evidence in the January 6th committee to say Trump called for a riot at the Capitol building. He called for violence against politicians. And they cut it off right at the part where he says, we're going to go to the Capitol, and he cuts it right there. See, House managers, reality. <laughs> and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated lawfully slated i know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard peacefully and patriotically hmm interesting now see that's the part i wanted to get in there the part where he goes let your voice be peacefully and patriotically heard uh, Reuters, Trump summoned supporters to wild protest and told them to fight. They did. Is that malinformation? Because a part of it that, that I couldn't find in either clip is he did say, we need to fight like hell, which is actually a George Washington quote. Believe it or not, George Washington wasn't really one for cussing, but he meant it in a metaphorical context. 
Now, we know in hindsight that there was a second rally planned for right in front of the Capitol building where there would be a second Trump rally with more speakers planned. This has come out in the wash as time has uh, gone on and we're, you know, almost three years. We are almost three years away from January 2021. Insane. But let's get back to the article at hand. I just thought, is that is that because uh, you're you're pre- he did say go to the Capitol, he did say fight like hell, but you're presenting this in a he did say these things, but you're presenting in this context of he told them to go riot, he told them to go fight, and they did. Is that malinformation? Is that what the uh, DHS was planning on cracking down? No. Oh, damn. But it is a very interesting one, right? And malinformation, factual information shared typically out of context with harmful intent. Any Alex Jones clip the left lean, left leaning, and certain parts of the right wing media like to use to make him demonized. Oh, gay frogs is that another example of malinformation? He said, "I'm tired of the chemicals in the water turning the freaking frogs gay." And he does later on explain in that exact in that same episode what he means in more calm detail, but they only clip that one part and pass it around like that was his whole argument. When really the argument is there's these certain uh, chemicals and xenoplastics that are from uh, various types of birth control that are not filtered properly out through water, and or like water treatment plants cannot filter this out properly, so it gets into our waterways and it has a hermaphrodite effect, her, hermaphrodation effect on frogs. Where male frogs develop female parts, female frogs develop male-esque parts, but they only show the one part. I'm just trying to understand what malinformation is because it seems like you just have a problem with people sharing factual information, unless it meets your "I deemed it appropriate" information uh, quota. <clears throat> what is typically with harmful intent? The allegedly. That allegedly threatens U.S. interests. While the board was wildly ridiculed, immediately scaled back, then shut down within a few months. Oh, this is a crazy Harry Potter chick. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, where is it? I just uploaded a video about it, actually. Right here. Yeah, this lady. I'll, uh, I'll throw in a link to this in the description below. But, yep. Just recently uploaded an archive about that. Interesting. Okay, I thought this was a different, entirely different uh, DHS department operating in the background. That's said what I got from uh, Cursory looking into this. Got it. Okay. Let's scale back, shut down within a few months. Other initiatives that are underway as the DHS pivots to monitoring social media now that its original mandate, the war on terror, has been wound down. Wound down. Because you got to remember, part of the war on terror was labeling millions of Americans as terrorists. Don't forget the Patriot Act was an arm of the war on terror designed exclusively to weaponize various parts of the government, mostly the D, uh, mostly the uh, NSA and FBI against American citizens. That was the sole point of the Patriot Act. Again, a, a wise man named Ron Paul, a.k.a. Granddaddy Liberty, 
warned us about it back in the day. If you really want to know if anyone ever saw what was coming with modern politics, uh, yeah, two men predicted this exactly. Andrew Breitbart and <coughs> Ron Paul. Rand's cool, not Ron cool, but still Paul cool, you know. Behind closed doors and through pressure on private platforms, the U.S. government has used its power to try to shape online discourse according to meeting minutes and other records. At, uh, <clears throat> uh, sorry, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be so gross right now. I'm still get, I'm getting over the sick thing and you know being a true Michigander, but drinking a lot of ginger ale. Uh, sorry, to meeting minutes and other records appended to a lawsuit filed by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, a Republican who is also running for Senate. Discussions have ranged from the scale and scope of the government intervention in online discourse to the mechanics of streamlining takedown requests for false or intentionally misleading information quote platforms have got to get comfortable with government yeah you just gotta get nice and cozy and warm and rosy with big brother why aren't you just comfortable with big brother leaning over you watching everything you do no matter what you're doing i mean if you have nothing to hide you have nothing to fear right which is actually the demonic, sick mindset of a lot of politicians. And if you listen to me just say that now, and you're like, yeah, I guess. Holy shit, get your Stockholm under control. Fuck me. But no, seriously, that's a terrifying fucking statement. Platforms have to get comfortable with government. It's really... <sighs> How hesitant they remain. Really? It's really interesting how hesitant they remain. I didn't realize there was any part of social media, any social media outlet that had any reservations about crawling in bed with the government. I thought they were all already there. The fact that you have to complain that not everybody's so buddy-buddy with the federal government and trying to get data on people actually is kind of comforting to me in a weird way. <laughs> Microsoft executive... Uh, oh, you mean Bill Gates-owned company? Great. Wow, the guy who said platforms have to get more comfortable with government and he's really interested in the fact that they're, you know, hesitant works for Microsoft, the company that has contracts with Bill Gates and or the company owned by Bill Gates that has numerous government contracts. Great. Never forget the military industrial complex runs on Windows. Uh, Microsoft executive Matt Masterson, a former... DHS official texted Jen. So the current head of Microsoft is a former DHS official? Yikes. No wonder homies cucked to the government. A former DHS official texted Jen Easterly, a DHS director in February. Department of Homeland Security. I remember when, uh, I remember when Dead Rising tried to make you think the Department of Homeland Security were the good guys. <laughs> and they stab you in the back at the end. Key takeaways. Through DHS shuttered, though DHS shuttered its controversial disinformation governance board, a strategic document, 
a strategic document reveals the underlying work is ongoing, meaning continuing. And this portal still exists. I'll see if I can show you it. DHS plans to target inaccurate information on, quote, the origin of the COVID-19 pandemic and efficiency of the COVID-19 vaccines, racial justice, U.S. withdrawals from Afghanistan, and the nature of the U.S. support to Ukraine, a.k.a. anything that embarrasses the fuck out of Joe Biden. Never forget, they softcore admitted that they know COVID came out of a Wuhan lab. They softcore admitted it on Congress's own fucking floor the other day. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, at the end of May, Facebook announced that it would no longer censor claims that the coronavirus was man-made. The mainstream media, which had savaged the story during the previous administration, suddenly started backpedaling. And the Biden White House, which reportedly canceled the previous administration's investigation into whether the novel coronavirus originated in a Wuhan lab, announced a 90-day inquiry into the virus's origins. The occasion for all this backpedaling was apparently reported in the Wall Street Journal that three researchers who worked at the Wuhan Institute of Virology sought hospital care in late 2019 for symptoms consistent with the coronavirus. In the wake of that report, it became impossible for the president or the mainstream media or Facebook to deny what had always been a plausible theory, that the virus came from the virology lab in Wuhan. Journalists moved to explain their previous rejection of this theory, and some of them openly admitted what had been obvious, that they rejected the theory not because of flaws in the theory itself, but because of those who had advanced this hypothesis. Mr. President, we don't know what these revived investigations will ultimately show, but the Wuhan reversal illustrates multiple issues. One, of course, is the need to remember that our social media experience is heavily curated. The posts and ads we see are selected first by complex algorithms that analyze the data social media companies have collected on each of us and curate our experience accordingly. On top of that, as the past year or two has illustrated, social media companies actively censor certain material, meaning that there are posts we will never As chairman and now ranking member of the Senate Commerce Committee's Communications and Tech Subcommittee, I have pushed for transparency requirements for social media companies. And I've introduced two bipartisan bills that would increase internet transparency while preserving the light-touch approach to regulation that has allowed the internet to flourish. My, My apologies. I thought that was the clip. I have to find the clip where the lady says it. Uh, I'll try to find it before I throw it on here. So feel free to take what I just said with a grain of salt. But there was a female senator who just the other day on the House floor admitted that Congress has or that Senate has known or some government agent has known for a very, 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 very long time that it has, in fact, come from a Wuhan lab. Feel free to take a grain of salt. I cannot find the clip. And without that clip on hand, I probably shouldn't open my mouth on that. My deepest apologies. Again, I will look for the clip before uploading, but... Again, I work. I have to be at work by eight. It is now three a.m. If I can't find that clip, admonish me. I'm sorry. Back to the article. Facebook created a specific portal for DHS and government partners to report disinformation directly. In March, in a March meeting, Laura Demlau, a FBI official, warned that the threat of subverse information on social media could undermine support for U.S. government. Demlau, according to the notes of a discussion attended by senior executive from Twitter and J.P. Morgan Chase, a the trifecta of the two people who banned Kanye West instantly. Way to tell Kanye that there's not a major group of people behind the scenes who don't want him to talk about what he's been saying lately, quite like canceling him from every single bank, and, you know, large television media networks. By the way, who owns all those again? 
Just asking for a friend. Uh, moving on. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Is that is that is that the UN can kick my door down? Oops, shouldn't have said that too loud. According to notes of the discussion attended by senior executives from Twitter and J.P. Morgan Chase, stress that quote, "We need a media infrastructure that is held accountable." To who and by who. Because if they're going to be held accountable, there's two things needed. At least one person to hold them accountable and one person who will do something if they are held accountable. Issue is, those two people usually need to be working together. Which means there's an overarching behind-the-scenes interest between those two people to decide if you are or are not worth holding accountable. Sort of scary when you think about it. Quote, (coughs) We do not coordinate with other entities when making content moderation decisions, and we independently evaluate content in line with the Twitter rules, a spokesperson for Twitter wrote in a statement to The Intercept. (laughs) That's funny because... Okay, so... One more time. We do not coordinate with other entities when making content moderation decisions, and... We independently evaluate content in line with Twitter's rules. Twitter has always had fluctuating rules that are vaguely outlined and determined, and the ones that are not vaguely outlined are the ones that are distinctly and directly counter and anti-right-leaning ideology, or right-wing ideology in general. And I take you no further than this meme right here. <coughs> I would... Twitter, <clears throat> Twitter's interpretation of the context is affected by their left-wing bias. I would need to see an example of that. Here's an example of Twitter's left-wing bias. We have to take into the context. We have to take the context into consideration. Twitter's interpretation of the context is affected by their left-wing bias. For example. Twitter has a, I don't even know who Zuby is. If you don't know who Zuby is, you should really look into Zuby. Zuby is top G. Now, um, Zuby just offhandedly said, okay, dude, to somebody who was apparently trans and they flagged it for hate speech and he was banned off Twitter for a short period of time. Now, it was due to a bunch of complaints and people actually, you know, making it hell for moderations and, and jan- for Twitter jannies essentially to run the show. People made it hell. So Zuby got his account back. This person's Twitter handle was like, dude denier. But when you have things like misgendering policies on your platform that inherently goes against a wide if not predominant chunk of the republican or conservative viewpoint because to have any gender policy kind of goes against their world view now the issue is twitter was never a private company they were a publicly traded company i know because elon just bought my shares and i took the shares not this isn't uh, financial or investment advice in anybody, but I just bought a bunch of rum. Uh, rum is what Rumble now is. Uh, used to be CF Acquisitions back in the day, but they had to change their name for some reason, so now it's R-U-M for Rumble, and I just put all the money I got, like every dime I got, other than like, I think it was like seven bucks, so that was just spare. I got from uh, Elon buying all my Twitter shares off from under me 
into just buying Rumble Rumble shares, just invested in the platforms I want to see grow. <coughs> and that allows you to maintain some sort of grip and ownership on the company so you can, you know, attend these meetings and get more of a direct line to the people making the policy. That's sort of neither here or there. Either way, a lot of Twitter's rules were never really set in stone, and the problem with the ones that were set in stone were clearly biased against one political ideology. And I guarantee you that's not true because we know now that Twitter was told, hey, don't share the Hunter Biden story. Again, because Mark Zuckerberg fucking said it on Joe Rogan. Now, Mark Zuckerberg could be lying, but it's Zuckerberg who said it. There is also a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook or Instagram and request that it be throttled or suppressed through a special Facebook portal that requires a government or law enforcement email to use. At the time of right, I know people are cops. I can. I wonder if they could log into it. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. Or I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just. I'm just thinking out loud. Just thinking out loud, actually. Anyway. And if anything does happen, it was not me, I swear to God. I just had the thought. I just know people who would have government IDs and emails. <coughs> I wonder if they'd have any information about this, at least. <sighs> you got this phlegm here. That requires a government or law enforcement email to use. At the time of writing the, quote, content request system at Facebook. Okay. Boop. Copy. Bop. 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 <laughs> Let's see. Oh. Well, that's it, folks. It is still up and active. I guess, uh, link in the description below. Oops. No, seriously, link in the description below. If anybody listening here is a cop or a government uh, employee, don't do anything. Oh, somebody rid me of this fucking monk. Anyway, yeah, don't do anything. Clank. Don't do anything, guys. All right, totally, totally. If you're listening to this and you have an ID that could get into that, totally do not misuse it for anything at all. That's no, no. <laughs> I'll be, I won't be mad at you. I'll be very disappointed in you. Worst case scenario, get yourself a Count Dankla Mad Lad videos we made about you boys. Now, moving on. It is still live. DHS and Meta, the parent company of Facebook, did not respond to a request for comment. The FBI declined to comment. Jeez, did they? DHS's mission to fight disinformation stemmed from concerns about Russian influence in the 2016 presidential election. You're not allowed to question the safety and you're you're not allowed to question the safety and security of the elections. You're not allowed to. That is a no-no. I was told that you're not allowed to ask about the elections. Wait. You mean the one that Trump won? Oh, yeah, we can question about that all day. In fact, we can also impeach a guy over a fake Russian server. <coughs> then have a two-and-a-half-year legal turmoil of a fucking investigation into it where he drained some 44 billion dollars of ta or 44 million billion whatever 
a large, large, obscene amount of money from the taxpayer to run an investigation into a fucking Russia hoax. But we're not allowed to talk about the 2020 election. The same way Hillary and all the Democrats talked about the 2016 election. And by the way, the same exact way Hillary is still talking about the 2024 election. Oh, you heard me fucking right. Alright, I'm gonna click over real quick. Just real quick, okay? You see? You see this? You see this? You see this? Alright, alright. Boop. Back. Alright, run tempo over. Boop. Uh, okay, okay, okay. But you're not allowed to insinuate any Dineshian, D'Souzian ideas of the 2020 elections. Nothing about 2,000 mules. Say nothing along those lines, folks. But if you're talking about uh, an election where the right wins, oh, yeah, if the right wins, oh, bro, that is clearly, clearly something wrong with that. Oh, yeah, we better investigate it, bro. In fact, we better hire some FBI guys and an attorney to turn in a hoaxy server to the FBI and then have the attorney specifically go out of his way to say, oh, I'm not working on behalf of any client. I'm just a, con a concerned citizen. And have them give over a server of uh, fraudulent information to the FBI. I'm not calling for anything. It's just literally what Hillary Clinton, the d fucking DNC, did. That's literally what they did. They had Robert Sussman hand over a server, the fake Russian server, to the FBI under the guise of, I'm just a concerned citizen, and I'm not working on behalf of any political campaign, and in fact, I'm not working for any political party or interest at all, only to find out that, in fact, he was working on direct behalf of Hillary fucking Clinton. Um... So fuck you, I guess, is what, what that turns into. Uh, concerns around Russian influence in the 2016 presidential election began to take shape during the 2020 most safe and secure, safe and effective fifth boosted 2020 election and over efforts to shape discussion around vaccine policy during the coronavirus pandemic documents collected by the intercept from a variety of sources including current officials and publicly available reports reveal the evolution of a more active measures by the DHS according to a draft copy of the DHS's uh what's that Quadrennial Homeland Security Review, DHS capstone report outlining the department's strategy and priorities in the coming years. The department plans to target, quote, inaccurate information on a wide range of topics, including, quote, the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic and efficiency of COVID-19 vaccines, Racial justice, U.S. withdrawal of Afghanistan. You mean the surrender uh, in Afghanistan? You mean the U.S. surrender in Afghanistan? Say it right. We didn't withdraw. We fucking surrendered. Never before has America so been has never before has America been so fucking humiliated since Shanghai. Now, <coughs> can I show you guys one interesting article about the pandemic about COVID nineteen? Check this out. I covered, the, I covered it and the updates around the story when it first broke. 
But uh, it's interesting that we... And there were multiple whistleblowers since this initial report, but a lot of CCP defectors came out and said that COVID-19 was purposely uh, made through a grain function uh, research and development phase funded by uh, the NIAID and EcoHealth Alliance with grant approval from Fauci and they use this money and approval and research tools at their disposal given to them by us to develop COVID-19 and release it to cripple local, to cripple military forces around the world so China could just start obtaining land easily and hold the world hostage. I will leave a link in the description below, but these are what multiple CCP defectors were coming forth and saying and people who were arrested and captured uh, in certain conflicts, uh, God, was it BBC? Hold on. But moving on. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, the origins of the of the COVID nineteen pandemic, the efficiency of the COVID nineteen vaccines. Leaky. In fact, I'm gonna start calling them ski mask slump god jabs because the bitches got a faucet failure. Radical ju racial justice, U.S. withdrawal, the U.S. surrender in Afghanistan, and the nature of the U.S. support to Ukraine. Now, that's an interesting one. The nature of the support. Mm, not, hmm, phrasing, 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 phrasing. Quote, the challenge is particularly acute in marginalizing communities. The uh, report states, quote, which are often the targets of false or misleading information, such as false information on voting procedures targeting people of color. You mean like when the Democrats were trying to tell everybody that people of color weren't smart enough to obtain IDs, so ID vote, voting laws requiring IDs were uh, racist and voter suppression? Like, like that? No? Okay, I didn't think so, but I just... I throw it out there. Uh, the inclusion of the 2021 U.S. surrender from Afghanistan is particularly noteworthy, given that House Republicans should take the majority in the midterms have vowed to investigate. Quote: This makes Benghazi look like a bunch, like a much smaller issue. Yeah, yeah. And that Jim Kaczynski movie about Benghazi is actually pretty good too. Never realized the guy that sells all this tax stuff was that Benghazi. Or uh, played a, a small role in that. Like the tactical flashlight and shit. The Ascan TV dude. They had no idea. Interesting, right? Anyway. Said rep Mike Johnson. A Republican for Louisiana. A member of the Armed Service Committee. Adding that the finding answers, quote, will be a top priority. And man, everybody's warning about a red wave. Joe Rogan says it's going to be like the elevators from The Shining. Um, he's not, I don't think he's going to be wrong. How disinformation is defined by the government has not been clearly articulated. And the inherently subjective nature of what constitutes disinformation provides a broad opening for DHS officials to make politically motivated determinations about what constitutes dangerous speech, 
DHS justifies these goals, which have expanded far beyond its original purview on foreign threats to encompass disinformation uh, originating domestically by claiming that terrorism, terrorist threats can be, quote, exacerbated by misinformation uh, and disinformation spread online. Misinformation and disinformation are not the same thing, apparently. Quote, or, end quote. But the laudable goal of protecting Americans from the danger has often been used to conceal political maneuvering. Uh, like when George Bush raised the terrorist threat level just to get reelected in office. I swear, if 9-11 never happened, George Bush would not have gotten two terms in office. He would have completely... He would have been one of the first presidents to be a one-time... Like a one-termer. I swear. Isn't that also an old Family Guy joke? That 9-11... In an alternate universe where 9-11 never happened, Bush never got a second term in office? Anyway... To conceal political maneuvering, in 2004, for instance, DHS officials faced pressure from the George W. Bush administration to heighten the national threat level for terrorism in a bid to influence voters prior to the elections. According to former DHS Secretary Tom Ridge, U.S. officials have routinely lied about an array of issues from the cause of its wars in Vietnam and Iraq to their more recent obfuscation around the role of the National Institutes of Health in funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology Coronavirus Research. The track record has not prevented the U.S. government from seeking to become arbiters of what constitutes false or dangerous disinformation. On an inherently political topic, earlier this year, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis signed a law known by supporters as the Stop Woke Act, which bans private employers from the workplace trainings asserting an individual's moral character is privileged or oppressed based on his or her race, color, sex, or national origin. The law, critics, cha- uh, critics charged, amounted to a broad suppression of speech deemed offensive. The Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, or FIRE, has since filed lawsuits against DeSantis alleging, quote, unconstitutional censorship. A federal judge temporarily blocked parts of the Stop Woke Act temporarily, by the way, ruling that the law had violated workers' First Amendment rights. Quote, Florida's legislator may well find plaintiff's speech repugnant, but under our constitutional scheme, interesting word, the remedy for repugnant speech is more speech, not enforced silence, wrote Judge Mark Walker in a colorful opinion I mean, that's not a bad response. It's a little... Uh, I mean, I think it's a good response. Uh, cascading the law. Chastising the law. I'm retarded. The extent to which the DHS initiatives affect Americans' daily social feeds is unclear. During the 2020 election, the government flagged numerous posts as suspicious, many of which 
were taken down. Documents cited in the Missouri Attorney's General lawsuit disclosed and a 2021 report by the Election Integrity Partnership at Stanford University found that nearly 4,800 flagged items, uh, technologies, platforms took action on 35%, either removing, labeling, or soft-blocking speech, meaning the users were only able to view content after bypassing a certain screen to reach... Uh, <coughs> <coughs> Let me find my glasses. Let's see. Uh, meaning, users were able bypassing a warning screen. The research was done, quote, in constellation with the CISA, which is the government branch working with social media, by the way, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Prior to the 2020 election, let me turn my brightness and I'll probably my eyes relax a little bit. Prior to the 2020 election, tech companies including Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, Discord, Wikipedia, Microsoft, LinkedIn, and Verizon Media met on a monthly basis with the FBI, CISA, and other government representatives, according to NBC News. The meetings were part of initiatives still ongoing between the private sector and government to discuss how firms would handle misinformation during the election. The stepped-up counter-disinformation effort began in 2018 following the high-profile hacking incidents of U.S. firms when Congress passed the pres- pass and President Donald Trump signed the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency Act, forming a new wing of the DHS devoted to protecting critical national infrastructure. An August 2022 report by the DHS Office of the Inspector General sketches the rapidly accelerating move towards policing disinformation. From the outset, CISA boasted an, quote, evolved mission to monitor social media discussions while rooting disinformation concerns to private sector platforms. In 2018, the then DHS Secretary Christina uh, Christian Niel- uh, Nielsen created the Countering Foreign Influence Task Force to respond to election disinformation. The task force, which included members of CISA as well as its Office of Intelligence and Ana- uh, Analysis, generated quote threat intelligence about the election and notified social media platforms and law enforcement. At the same time, DHS began notifying social media companies about the voting-related disinformation appearing on social media platforms. In 2019, a separate separate entity called the Foreign Influence and Interference Branch to generate more detailed intelligence about disinformation the inspector general report shows that year its staff grew to include 15 full and part-time staff dedicated to disinformation analysis in 2020 the disinformation focus expanded to include covid-19 according to a homeland threat assessment issued by acting secretary chad wolf some key takeaways here. 
The work is primarily done by CISA, a DHS sub-agency tasked with protecting critical national infrastructure. DHS and FBI and several media entities are having bi-weekly meetings as recently as last August. DHS considered countering disinformation related to content that undermines trust in, fi in financial systems and courts. And the last point here is, the FBI agent who primed social media platforms to take down the Hunter Biden laptop story continued to have a role in DH policy decisions. The Separtis had a dry run during the 2020 election when CISA began working with other members of the U.S. Intelligence Committee, Intelligence Community, Office of Intelligence and Analysts, uh, personnel attended, quote, weekly teleconference to coordinate intelligence community activities to counter election-related disinformation. According to the IG report, meetings have continued to take place every two weeks since the elections. Emails between DHS officials, Twitter, and the Center for Internet Security outline the process. For such takedown requests during the period leading up to the November 2020 elections. Catch my volume up here a little bit. Let's see. No, no. Okay. Let's see. Include the removal of reported misinformation. Let's see. Call meeting tech platforms would call upon to, quote, process report and provide timely responses to include the removal and reported misinformation from the platform where possible. In practice, this often meant, the st meant state election officials sent examples of potential forms to the disinform of disinformation to CISA, which would then forward them onto social media companies for a response. Under President Joe Biden, the shifting focus on disinformation has continued. In January 2021, CISA replaced the Counter and Foreign, Foreign Influence Task Force with the Misinformation, Disinformation, and Malinformation Team. Jesus. Which was created, quote, to promote more flexibility focus on general MDM. By now, the scope of the effort has expanded beyond disinformation produced by foreign governments to include uh, domestic versions. The MDM team, according to, one, according to one CISA official quoted in the IG report, quote, counters all types of disinformation to be responsive to current events. Jesus, so you mean the FBI guy thing wasn't just a meme? Jen Easterly, Biden's appointed director of CISA, swiftly made it clear that she would continue to shift resources in the agency to combat the spread of dangerous forms of information on social media. Jesus. So, translation, the information you share scares them. Quote, one could argue we're in the business of critical infrastructure, and the most critical in infrastructure is our country's cognitive infrastructure, aka we want to control the way your brain works. So building that 
re- uh, resilience to misinformation and disinformation, I think, is incredibly important, said Easterly speaking at a conference in November 2021. CISA's domain has gradually expanded to encompass more subjects it believes amount to critical infrastructure. Last year, The Intercept reported on the existence of a series of DHS field intelligence reports warning of an attack on cell towers, which it has tied to conspiracy theorists to believe 5G towers spread COVID-19 when intelligence reports pointed out that these conspiracy theories, quote, are inciting attacks against communications infrastructure. Uh huh. The CISA has defended its burgeoning social media monitoring authorities. <coughs> uh, let's see, authorities stating that, quote, once CISA notified a social media platform of disinformation, the social media platform could independently decide whether to remove or modify the post. But as documents revealed by the Missouri lawsuit show, CISA's goal is to make platforms more responsive to their suggestions, a.k.a. make platforms more under the thumb of the government and its narratives. In late February, Easterly texted with Matthew Masterson, a representative at Microsoft, former DHS employee, by the way, at Microsoft, who formerly worked at CISA, that she is, quote, trying to get us in a place where Fed can work with platforms to better understand mis- and dis-trends so relevant agencies can try to pre-bunk and debunk as useful. Pre-bunk. Wow. Media records of the CISA Cybersecurity Advisory Committee the main subcommittee that handles disinformation policies at CISA show a constant effort to expand the scope of the agency's tools to foil disinformation. In June, the same DHS Advisory Committee of CISA, which includes Twitter, head of legacy pol- head of legal policy Vijaya Gotti, and trust and safety Vijaya Gotti and University of Washington professor Kate Starbird drafted a report to the CISA director calling for an expansive role for the agency in shaping the information ecosystem. The report called the agency information ecosystem. Sounds like a nice word, a nice fancy sounding way of saying echo chamber. The report called the agency to closely monitor social media platforms of all sizes, mainstream media, cable news, hyperpartisan media, talk radio, and other online resources. They argue that the agency needed to take steps to halt the, quote, spread of false and misleading information. With the focus on misinformation that undermines, quote, key democratic institutions such as the courts, or by other sectors such as the financial system or public health measure. To accomplish these broad goals, the report said CISA should invest in external research 
to evaluate, quote, the efficiency of interventions, specifically with research looking at how alleged disinformation can be countered and how quickly messages spread, Jeff Hale, the director of the Election Security Initiative at CISA, oh, nice, a government agency that controls what's covered and how the elections are talked about. Comforting. At CISA, recommended the use of third-party information-sharing nonprofits as a clearinghouse for information to avoid the appearance of government propaganda. Last Thursday, immediately following the billionaire Elon Musk's completed acquisition of Twitter, Gade was terminated from the company. Nice. The Biden administration, however, did not take did take a stab at making part of this infrastructure public in April 2022. The announcement of the Disinformation Governance Board, the exact functions of the board, and how it would accomplish the goal of defining and combating MDM were never made clear. I assume it had to do with magic. The board faced immediate backlash across the political spectrum. Quote, Who among us thinks the government should add to its list of job, deter- job of job determining what is true or not, and what is disinformation, and who thinks the government is capable of telling the truth, wrote political media critic Jack Schaefer. Quote, Our government produces lies and disinformation at industrial scale, and always has. It's o- it overclassifies vital information to block its own citizens from becoming any the wiser. It pays thousands of press aides to play hide the salami with the facts. Operation Mockingbird. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, the brown-noser himself, alluded to broad scopes of the agency's disinformation effort when he told the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee that the role of the board, which by that point had been downgraded to a, quote, working group, is to, quote, actually develop guidelines, standards, guardrails to ensure that the work that has been ongoing for nearly 10 years does not infringe on people's free speech rights, rights to privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties. Quote, it was quite discerning, frankly, he added, that the disinformation work that was well underway for so many years across different independent administrations was not guided by guardrails. Of course it wasn't. Why would it be? The government can just say, oh, I, we told them to do it. You know, we, we, we thought they would put the guardrails there, and they didn't. Oh. DHS eventually scrapped the Disinformation Governance Board in August. <laughs> While free, fee- free speech advocates cheered the disillusion of the board, or, uh, yeah, the, yep, the disillusion of the board. Other government efforts to root out disinformation have not only continued, but expanded to encompass additional DHS sub-agencies like Customs and Border, Pro- uh, border Protection, which, quote, determines whether information about the uh, component, uh, component spread through <clears throat> uh, through social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter is accurate. Other agencies such as the Immigration and Customs Enforcement uh, 
the Science and Technology uh, Directorate, whose responsibilities include determining whether social media accounts are bots or humans, and how the mayhem caused by bots affects behavior. Creepy. Totally not incentivized to make bots to continue their existence there, then. And the Secret Service have also expanded their purview to include disinformation according to the Inspector General report. Jesus, who doesn't have the ability to go after disinformation now? The draft of the draft copy of the DHS's 2022 Quadrennial Homeland uh, Homeland Security Review uh, review reviewed by the Intercept also confirms that DHS views the issue of of tackling disinformation and misinformation as a growing portion of its core duties, while counterterrorism remains the first and most important mission to the department. It notes the agency's work on the, uh, quote, work on these missions is evolving and dynamic and it must now adapt to terror threats, quote, ex, uh, exacerbated by misinformation and disinformation spread online, including by domestic violent extremists. To accomplish this, the draft of the quadrennial review calls for DHS to, quote, lever, uh, leverage advanced data analytics technologies and hire a trained, skilled specialist to better understand how Threat actors use online platforms to introduce, uh, yeah, introduce and spread toxic narratives intended to inspire or incite violence, as well as work with NGOs and other parts of civil society to build uh, resist uh, resilience to the impact of false information. The broad definition of threat actors poising risks to vaguely defined critical infrastructure and area as broad as trust in, in government, public health, elections, and financial markets has concerned civil libertarians. Quote, no matter your political allegiances, all of us have... Give me one second here. Let's see. Uh, political agency allegiances. All of us have good reason to be concerned about government efforts to pressure private social media platforms into reaching the government's preferred decision about what content we can see online, said Adam Goldstein, the vice president of research at FIRE. Quote, any governmental request to social media platforms to review or remove certain content, he added, should be made should be made with extreme transparency. As we see here, people looking the FBI looking offended at a meme here. Uh, that's against the FBI. It says it's uh, it says today is America's greatest threat to threat is domestic terrorist. You may also know them by their gang name, the FBI. 
DHS expansion into misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. Remember, malinformation means it's real and it's true. They just don't like where you're using it. Or, or they don't like the context that's in display the information being true. Represents an important strategic retooling for the agency, which was founded in 2002 in response to the 9-11 attacks. The Patriot Act was born from this. Or this agency is the child of the Patriot Act. Uh, 9-11 attacks as a bulwark to coordinate intelligence and sec uh, security operations across the government. At the same time, the FBI deployed thousands of agents to focus on counterterrorism efforts through building informant networks and intelligence operations designed to prevent similar attacks. But traditional forms of terrorism poised by groups like Al-Qaeda Al evolved with the rise of social media with groups like the Islamic State using platforms such as Facebook to recruit and radicalize new members after um, initial reluctant social media giants worked closely with FBI and DHS to help monitor and remove ISIS-affiliated accounts. FBI Director James Comey, whose daughter would handle the Epstein and Glenn Maxwell stuff. FBI Director James Comey, former FBI Director James Comey, told the Senate Intelligence Committee that law enforcement agencies needed to rapidly adapt and confront the challenges posed by terror networks that had proven adept at tapping into social media intelligence agencies backed new startups designed to mon uh, designed to monitor the vast flow of information across social media networks to better understand <coughs> emerging narratives and risks. Quote, the department has not been fully reauthorized since the its inception over 15 years ago. Senate Homeland Security Committee warned in 2018, quote, as a threat landscape continues to evolve, the department uh, department adjusted its organization and activities to address emerging threats to the protests, uh, threats, and protect the U.S. homeland. This evolution of the department's duties and organizations, including the structure and operations of the DHS headquarters, has never codified in statute. The subsequent military defeat of ISIS forces, uh, ISIS forces in Syria and Iraq, along with the with, as as well with the surrender from Afghanistan, left the homeland security apparatus without a target. Meanwhile, a new threat entered the discourse: the allegation that, uh, sorry, the allegation that Russian agents had seeded disinformation on Facebook that tipped the 2016 election towards Donald Trump resulted in the FBI forming the Foreign Intelligence Task Force, a team devoted to preventing foreign meddling in American elections. According to DHS meeting minutes from March, the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force this year included 80 individuals focused on curbing, quote, subversive data utilized to divide to drive a wedge between 
populace and the government. Quote, the department will spearhead initiatives to raise awareness of disinformation campaigns targeting communities in the United States, providing citizens with the tools necessary to identify and halt the spread of information. Operations intended to promote the radicalization to violent extremism or mobilization of violence, DHS Acting Secretary Kevin McLean said in a September 2019 statement framework. Strategic framework, sorry. DHS also began to broaden its watch to include a wide array of domestic actors viewed as potential sources of radicalization and upheaval. An FBI official interviewed by The Intercept described how in the summer of 2020, amid the George Floyd protests, he was reassigned from his normal job of countering foreign intelligence services to monitoring American social media accounts. Quote, uh, the officials did not, uh, sorry, not quote, in brackets, the official not authorized to speak publicly described the reassignment on condition of anonymity. And a June 2020 memo bearing the subject line, quote, actions to address the threat posed by domestic terrorists and other domestic extremists. Uh, prepared by DHS headquarters for Wolf, Trump's acting DHS secretary uh, delineates plans to, quote, expand information sharing with the tech sector. In order to identify disinformation campaigns used by DT domestic terrorism actors to incite violence against infrastructure, ethnic, racial, or religious groups or individuals, the memo outline plans to work with private tech sector partners to share unclassified DHS intelligence on DT actors or domestic terrorist actors and their tactics so that the platform can, quote, move effectively, can move effectively, use their own tools. I think they mean to say more effectively use their own tools to enforce users' agreements, terms of service, and remove DT content. Biden also prioritized such efforts last year. The Biden administration released the first national strategy for countering domestic terrorism, the strategy identified a, quote, broader priority enhancing faith in the government and addressing the extreme polarization fueled by criticism of disinformation and misinformation often channeled through social media platforms which can tear America, Americans apart and lead, to, and lead some to violence. Quote, we are working with like-minded governments uh, civil society and other technology sectors to address terrorist and violent extremist content online, including through innovative research collaborations. The strategy document continued, adding that the administration was, quote, addressing the crisis of disinformation and misinformation often channeled th uh, through social and other media platforms.
that can fuel extreme polarization and lead some individuals to violence. Last year, top FBI... I think I just read the same article, the, the same two paragraphs twice. Last year, the top FBI counterterrorism official came under fire when she falsely denied to Congress that the FBI monitors American social media and had therefore missed threats leading up to the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. In fact, the FBI spent millions of dollars on social media tracking software like BabelX and Data, and Data Miner. According to the Bureau's official guidelines, authorized activities include uh, proactively surfing the Internet to find publicly accessible websites and services through which requirements by terrorism by terrorist organizations and promoting terrorism crimes is openly taking place. Uh. Another FBI official, a Joint Terrorism Task Force officer, described to The Intercept being reassigned this year from the Bureau's International Terrorism Division where they had primarily worked on cases involving Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State group. To the Domestic Terrorism Division to investigate Americans, including anti-government individuals such as racially motivated violent extremists, sovereign citizens, militias, anarchists, a what up, they worked on an undercover basis online to penetrate social media networks, networking chat rooms, online forums, and blogs to detect, enter, dismantle, and disrupt existing and emerging terrorism organizations via online forums, chat rooms, bulletin boards, blogs, websites, and social networking, said the FBI official who did not have permission to speak on the record. The Privacy Act of 1974, enacted following following the Watergate scandal, restricts the government data collection of Americans exercising their First Amendment rights, a safeguard that civil liberty groups have argued limits the ability of DHS and the FBI to engage in surveillance of the American political speech expressed on social media. The statute, however, maintains the exception for uh, for information uh, collected by the for the purpose of a criminal or law enforcement investigation. Quote: There are no specific legal constraints on the FBI's use of social media. Faisal Patel, senior director for the Brianna Center. yeah, Brandon Center for Justice, Liberty, and National Security Program told the Intercept the Attorney General guidelines permit agents to look at social media before there is any investigations at all. So it's kind of a wild west out there. End quote. The first FBI official whom the Intercept interviewed in 2020 amid the George Floyd riots, at least you're calling them riots now lamented the drift towards warrantless monitoring of Americans, saying, quote, Man, I don't even know what's legal anymore. In retrospect, that's scary for government officials to say, in retrospect, the New York Post reporting on the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop ahead of the 2020 election 
provides an uh, elucidating case study of how this works in increasingly partisan environment. Much of the public ignored the reporting or assumed it was false. Over the fifty former over fifty former intelligence officials charge that the laptop story was a creation of Russian disinformation <coughs> of a Russian disinformation campaign. The mainstream media was primed by allegations of election interference in twenty sixteen and to be sure yeah, but none of them really did the research. And to be sure, Trump did attempt to use a laptop to disrupt the Biden campaign. Twitter ended up banning links to the New York Post report on the contents of the laptop during the crucial week leading up to the election. Facebook also throttled users' ability to view the story. In recent months, a clearer picture of the government's influence has emerged. In an appearance on Joe Rogan's podcast in August, Meta-CEO Mark Zuckerberg revealed that Facebook had limited sharing of the had limited sharing of the New York Post reporting after the corona, after a conversation with the FBI. Quote The background here uh, the background here is that the FBI came to us, some folks from our team, and was like, Hey, just so you know, you should be on high alert that there is that there was a lot of Russian propaganda out there. In the 2016 election, Zuckerberg told Rogan, the FBI told them Zuckerberg said that, quote, we have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump. When the Post story came out in October 2020, Facebook thought it fit that pattern the FBI had told them to look for. Zuckerberg said he regretted the decision as did Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter at the time, despite claims that the laptop's contents were forged, or yep, were forged. The Washington Post, oh yeah, credible. The Washington Post confirmed that at least some of the emails on the laptop were authentic, and uh, authentic. The New York Times authenticated emails from the laptop many of which were cited in the original New York Post report from October 2020. The prosecutors have examined as part of the Justice Department's probe into whether the president's son violated the law on a range of issues, including money laundering, tax-related offenses, and foreign lobbying uh, registration, including felony possession of a firearm. Documents filed in federal court as part of the lawsuits by Attorney General of Missouri and Louisiana added uh, add a lawyer or add a layer of new detail to Zuckerberg's anecdote re- uh, revealing that officials leading, leading the push to expand the government's reach into disinformation also played a quiet role in shaping the decision of the social media giants around the New York Post story according to records filed in the federal court. Two previously unnamed FBI agents, uh, Elvis Chan, and FBI special agent in San Francisco uh, field office, and Demlo, the Section 
uh, yep, the section chief of the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force were involved in high-level communications that allegedly, quote, led to Facebook's suppression of the post-reporting. The Hunter Biden laptop story was only the most high-profile example of law enforcement agencies pressuring technology firms. In many cases, the Facebook and Twitter accounts flagged by DHS or its partners as dangerous, uh, dangerous forms of disinformation or potential foreign influences were clearly parody accounts or accounts with virtually no followers or influence. In May, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt took the lead in filing a lawsuit to combat oof, to combat what he views as sweeping efforts by the Biden administration to pressure social media companies to moderate certain forms of content appearing on their platform. The suit alleges government-wide efforts to censor certain stories, especially ones related to the pandemic. It also names multiple agencies across the government that have participated in efforts to monitor speech and open collusion between the administration and social media companies. It identifies, for example, emails between officials from the National Institutes of Health, including Dr. Anthony Fauci and Zuckerberg, at the beginning of the pandemic and reveals ongoing discussions between senior Biden administration officials with meta-executives on developing content moderation policies on a range of issues, including issues related to the elections and jabs. Attorney uh, attorney for the Biden administration have responded in court by claiming that the plaintiffs lack standing and that social media firms pursued content moderation policies on their own violations, on their own volitions, without any... Uh, ah, man, my eyes are starting to burn from looking at the screen for so long. Uh, coercive influence from the government on October 21st uh, the judge presiding over the case granted the attorney's general permission to depose Fauci, CISA officials and communication specialists from the White House while the lawsuit while the lawsuit has a definite partisan slant pointing the finger at Biden administration for allegedly seeking to control private speech. Many of the subpoenas request information that spans into the Trump era and provides a window into the absurd absurdity of the ongoing effort. Quote, there is, a gr there is growing evidence that the legislative and executive branch officials are using social media companies to engage in censorship by by surrogate, said Jonathan Turley, a professor of law at George Washington University, who has written about the lawsuit, quote, it is axiomatic, that's a new word for me, that the government cannot do indirectly what it is prohibited from doing directly. If government officials are... Uh, directing or facilitating such censorship, it raises serious First Amendment questions. That's what I was saying in the very beginning. 
Jesus, it's almost an hour and a half into this recording. During the 2020 elections, the Department of Homeland Security, in an email to officials at Twitter forwarding information about potential threats to critical U.S. infrastructure, citing FBI warnings in the case about an account that could ow, imperil election systems integrity. The Twitter users in question had 56 followers along with the bio that read, DM us your weed store locations. Hose be mad. Hose be mad. But this is a parody account. Under the banner image of Lucifer. A three foot, a 32 foot tall demonic horse sculpture featuring... Uh, featured at the entrance of the Denver International Airport. This thing's creepy. This creepy fucking thing. I've seen it in person once. Um, yeah, I don't know why this thing is what the fuck it is. But it's this fucking terrifying blue demon horse. As far as I can tell... Exists solely to be hit by fucking lightning. Uh, seriously, I hate this fucking statue. Like, I I have a deep, deep dislike of it. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. This horse has always freaked me out. I never understood why it exists. What the fucking point of it is? What the meaning of it is? All I know is it it, it, as it has routinely freaked me the fuck out when I've seen it at the airport. Like, it is not pleasant to look at. And there's pictures of it all over the airport. There's mini versions of it. it you can find novelty versions of this. I just fucking hate this goddamn thing. Look at this. Why is this thing? Ugh. Ugh. Well, that's not it, but... Ugh. And it has glowing red demonic fucking eyes. I'm just... I'm just not a fan, personally, of this creepy fucking thing. I don't like... Ugh. Sorry. 32-foot-tall demonic horse sculpture featured at the entrance of the Denver International Airport. Ugh. We are not sure if there's any action that can be taken... But we want to flag them for consideration, wrote a state official. Yeah, well, just for being a Lucifer account. Yeah, you, you deserve to be flagged, bro. No offense. Wrote state officials on the email thread, forwarding onto other examples of accounts that could be confused with official government entities. I don't know who would consider Lucifer a government entity. I think it's just fucked up. I hate it. The Twitter representatives responded, quote, We will escalate. Thank you. We will escalate. Thank you. Each email in the chain carried a disclaimer that the agency has, quote, neither has nor seeks the ability to remove or edit what information is made available on social media platforms. That tagline, however, concerns free speech advocates who note that the agency is attempting to make an end run around the First Amendment by 
<coughs> exerting uh, uh, continual pressure on private sector social media platforms. Twitter was publicly traded. Quote, when the government suggests things, it's not too hard to pull off the velvet gloves. Ooh. And you get the male fists, said Adam Kendub, a professor of law at Michigan State University. What? Woo! Fucking let's go, Spartans, baby. We kind of suck, but hey, Spartans. Uh, and I would consider such actions, especially when it's brutal, uh, bureauc- bureaucratization as essentially state action and government collusions with the platform. That's fascism, by the way. Quote, if a foreign authoritarian government sent these messages, noted Nadine Strawson, the former president of the American Civil Liberties Union, quote, there would be no doubt we would call it censorship. That is the end of this article by Ken uh, Klippenstein and Lee Feng. Now, with everything we covered here... Now, this isn't new to anybody who's been paying attention for a while. We've expected this for the longest time. But now we have undeniable and arguable fact that, yes, the government is running roughshod over social media platforms, selling them to censor and silence and suppress stories directly interfering in elections. But check this out. DHS warns... Uh, DHS leaks. Uh, wait, wrong one. Boom, right here. Ahead of elections, DHS warns of conspiracy-driven violence. A brutal attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's home was appalling as election day approaches. DHS is warning about additional related violence. It is Thursday, October 3rd, 2022. And you see right here, Three hours ago. With everything we have found about it since then, fuck off. I have to wrap this episode up here. I have to try to get some sleep. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your stream's Masson, and I shall talk to you guys later. Deuce.